is awesome. I love being, this is one of my favorite places to be in the whole world is God's house with you guys. So thank you for coming this morning. And we are continuing our series on relationship killers. Why my husband had me do this one, I'm not sure, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, If you have your Bible, let's just dive in here. Open up your Bible to James 5 um, or get on your phone uh, with your Bible app. If you don't have a Bible, just want to encourage you, we have free Bibles in the next step room. That is the room on the right when you first come into church. We want you to stop by there on the way out the door and get a free Bible. Well, let's open up. Here we go. Um, James 5, 7 through 9 says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmer who patiently waits for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you too will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this awesome day, Lord. We just believe that this is your day. God, we thank you that your word, you say everywhere in your word that your word changes us. And God, that's what we want today, Lord. We want to come in here and we want to be changed, Lord. We thank you that you've provided this place for us, that you're here and that you're ready for us. And so, Lord, as we really just bow before you, Lord, in reverence, believing that you are going to do a new work in us today. And we just want to say thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, happy Mother's Day. Everybody turn again and say happy Mother's Day if you're sitting by your mom. Is this not a great day, moms? Come on, I want the moms to speak up. I mean, if flowers, balloons, cards, you know, every family has a different way they celebrate, right? We have our own way that we do things. Some people say, well, we'll get together for lunch or we'll bless mom at dinner. Or some people say, hey, maybe I'll just make her a card or I'll draw her a picture the little kids do. And some pick a flower out of the uh, your flower garden. Or maybe you go and you buy a really expensive flower arrangement. But everybody has a different way that we celebrate Mother's Day. But I love Mother's Day because I love flowers and cards. Don't you love that, women? I mean, it's just an awesome feeling of one day that we're going to get to kind of kind of be about us, you know, and we kind of put the laundry back and everything for just a little bit in the afternoon. And we just like, wow, this is so awesome being with our families. And, you know, it makes me think of like if there was one thing that we would want to say that we would have none of on today, just one day, I think every mom could collectively, universally say if there's just one thing we could ask for that we would not have today, it would be complaining. Right, moms? If we could just have one day that we could say, hey, would you co-load the dishwasher? And they'd say, sure, yeah. Can you imagine that? Right, moms? I'm hearing the moms laugh. Can you imagine one day without complaining? Oh, 
it would just, I think all moms would be like, that's my gift. That's my gift. I want you to give me that as a gift. Well, that's our relationship killer number five for our series is complaining. And, you know, James really is taught, he's wanting to show us how do we stop complaining. So let's look in um, James 5, verse 9. It says, don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you too will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. Well, I don't know about you, but as a mom and as a woman, and I'm not going to speak for you as men, but when I have a problem or an issue as a mom, I really want it gone. So I'm going to start asking some questions because if I can get some answers, I can get this thing fixed. Right, ladies? Okay, so I think that's the first thing we have to do is we have to say, why do we complain? I think one of the reasons that we complain is we expect perfection. Everywhere we look if it's in a magazine, if it's on HDTV, if it's on Pinterest, it's perfect, right? Men, you can say this like at your jobs. Your job, your, your boss wants everything perfect, right? He wants it done to the letter of the law. And so we expect perfection, and then we go home and we expect perfection at home. We say, well, we want it done this way, and we want it done this way. And really, then we're really let down. And then it causes us to complain because it's, it's like we've, we look at it and we say, ah, that's not the way I wanted it to be. You didn't respond the way I wanted you to respond. And so I think really what we do is then we, we stand in judgment. Because really isn't complaining just judging someone, saying you did not do it like I wanted you to do. Even if it's as small as folding a towel, right? You did not fold it like great-grandma folded it, and that's the way I will always fold it, and you did not do it, right? Or you did not mop that floor the way I wanted you to. So looking at James, it really helps us to understand what he's saying in 5.9 is don't judge Because I'm going to judge you for what you're doing. And, you know, it's really easy sometimes to point the finger at other people. But, you know, you guys, a lot of people you guys know, if you know me, you know I love bridal. Okay. Uh, I love bridal gowns. I love bridal veils. I love anything to do with beautiful dresses. And so several years back, um, I had gotten a job at a bridal place. Now, I've been in bridal before, so I've worked several jobs over the years in bridal. And um, so I had gotten the, I don't know if you guys know this, you men probably don't know this, but girls get engaged uh, over Thanksgiving and over Christmas. So when January, February, and March hits, that is what they call in the bridal industry, they call it bridal Christmas, okay? So they had got me all trained, and I was ready to go in January, and um, I had done their 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 planning and all their, their the, the, all the practicing and ready to go. So, man, the doors hit for January, and brides just come flooding through. So at any moment on a Saturday, we as bridal consultants would have like three brides at one time. Can you imagine? Three brides, three moms, three grandmas, I mean, everybody. So we're just like, we're putting dresses on, we're, we're putting veils on. And so um, I had one of my supervisors come by, and uh, she stopped, and she said, um, 
um, instead of talking to me and pulling me aside and saying, hey, did you show them this one thing? She stopped and she said, uh, first of all, let me backtrack. Um, so does anybody have anybody at their job that seems to be a little bit perfect? This was her. She was what I would say, Patty, perfect. She looked perfect. She acted perfect. She tried to do everything perfect. So she comes by this day, and she says, did Laura show you the three-tier presentation for the veils? I'm looking around going, okay. Um, I'm thinking, three-tier. Okay, I'm trying to think. I'm thinking, all the years I've worked in bridal, what is this three-tier? And they said, no, because, you know, every family doesn't want to miss out on anything that they were supposed to be showed. And she said, Laura, why didn't you do that? And I said, I don't don't know. Um, Why don't you help me? Because I'm thinking, I don't even know what she's talking about. So um, she proceeds to read me in front of everybody. Um, and so that day went by and, uh, I was ready to quit. I was re- literally putting a bridal gown over one girl going, I'm going to quit and I'm going to walk out of here. Um, I know you guys have never thought, thought thoughts like that. So a couple weeks go by. Well, you know, again, I can't speak for you men. I can only speak for women. It's kind of festering in me, you know, and it's getting worse and she's staying on me and, I'm just like, oh, and I'm just thinking of ways, and I'm just like, oh, why is that going to be mean? I'm just like, oh, I just like her. And I remember walking down the middle of the salon, and all of a sudden one day, I just heard God say, are you really going to let her do that to you? Do you really have that low of a self-esteem? That that's going to bother you. She's younger than you. You've you've been around the block. You've you've worked in many different bridal places, and you're going to let her do that. And I thought, oh, gosh, that's ugly. I don't I don't like looking at that. And then he said to me, "You don't know what she's been through." And I was like, oh. God, I'm supposed to be that that woman that loves God and that that thinks good. And and I'm over here, back here, just oh, inside. But I I don't want to look at that. But it's the truth, right? Because I wasn't. My heart was in the wrong spot, and I was judging her. And all that did was, if you look at James, look down at James. Is Jesus says, don't grumble or complain about each other. Or you will be judged. That's the point. When we stand in judgment and we complain about someone, we're the ones that are actually going to be judged. So how do we stop? How do we stop complaining? Because complaining can overrun our lives. But I think James shows us that picture of how to stop. If you'll look in James 5, 7, It says, consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rain in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Well, when I look at this verse, when it talks about harvest and ripen, it really makes me think about my grandma because she was a farmer, okay? She had an amazing garden growing up. On a day like today, we would be at grandma's house. You guys all got that that one 
mom or grandma that that's the place you're always at on on a holiday. This that was that place. Grandma Ruth's house and her garden was that place. Matter of fact, her garden started out on the side was a flower garden, a full flower garden, and then it turned into a vegetable garden. And I'm not talking just a few things, just not just tomatoes, but like tomatoes and green beans and onions and and potatoes and sweet potatoes and then it went to strawberries and corn and then around the back grapevines which is amazing if you've ever had a cherry tomato out of the garden not washed has anybody ever had a ripe cherry tomato right out that's ripe and that's what james is talking about it takes time and you know i just When I think about today and I think about gardens and harvest and James talking about harvest and rains, I think about my grandma. And, you know, a last couple of weeks, um, my family's been going through a lot with my uncle and the stroke. And my grandmother, Ruth, is his mother. And so a couple weeks ago, I saw her and I said, Grandma, how you doing? She's like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I said, how you feeling, Grandma? And she's like, oh, I'm sore, Laura. I'm really sore. I said, well, Grandma, why are you sore? She said, oh, I've been pulling weeds. I'm like, Grandma, you're 93. You're not supposed to be pulling weeds. You don't say that to my grandmother. I, that did not come out of my mouth in that waiting room because you do not say that to Grandma Ruth. This is my grandma right here. And this is obviously a very, like, like a smaller garden because she's she's 90 here but she is 93 um right now but she this garden was packed but that is that front is her flower garden and that's what her garden looks like now but i just love grandma but you know the difference between grandma and i is um she'll she'll pull out those weeds right i can't garden okay you know, I'm talking about her being sore at 93. I'm not even weeding my own front lawn. It's gotten so bad that Brad would be like, Laura, can you please weed? And I won't do it. I have no patience. I have no self-control. I have no discipline. So Brad finally had to take over the weeding at our house. It's so bad that when I first moved into our house, there was a weed that was this tall. I thought it was a plant. So I just kept saying, I'm not going to pull it. Because number one, it's green and it's growing, right? I had a friend come over and say, that's a weed, Laura. You have to pull it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just, I don't have a green thumb. I end up killing stuff. Like, matter of fact, we have a garden graveyard in my garage. I mean, unlike my grandmother, we have a garden graveyard. This is, this is what the garden graveyard looks like, okay? It's a pretty pot. Okay, the pot's still pretty, but inside it's dead. So I pile it, and I take it, and I put it in the garage on top of something else that's died. So we just keep, I mean, we have, like, piles. Don't come by our house in the spring, because our garage will be up, and you'll see that garden graveyard. Your kids will be scared. It's bad. But, you know, I think complaining can be a lot like weeds. It's a lot like pulling weeds. We don't want to stop, okay? And it starts off kind of small. Like, sometimes we're like, well, 
you know, all the medical books say that we need to get things off our chest and we've got to have, we got to lower our stress level. So I'm just going to complain about my husband to my girlfriend because I'm going to get it off my chest, right? We're not supposed to, we're not supposed to hold it in. So that's sometimes how we look at things. We're doing the right thing by talking about it, but we're actually just complaining. And I, I thought about Grandma, and I thought, man, Grandma was always so diligent to pull weeds and yank them out, man. she just yank them out because it was the right thing to do because if she was going to have growth, that was the only way she was going to get it. And for me, not so much. I just let him grow and let him get, and then it's like, ah. Oh. I just love, though, how James talks right here. Uh, It says that the farmer is waiting for the rain, is like us waiting on God. You think there's a lot to be learned about why we complain? I think it's because we don't have patience, too. Do you guys find it really hard to have patience when you see someone and you think they need to change? And not thinking about how much we need to change. And really, life is a journey. And it's a process. But we don't want it to be a process, right? We want the flower. I mean, that's why we go to Lowe's and we, we grab the plant that's fully like flower and we just plop it in the ground, right? But it takes patience to pull the weeds out. And that's what my grandmother did really well. I can even remember getting frustrated at my grandma, which is funny on a day like this, right, when we've had all this rain, when I would look at her garden and I'd say, Grandma, you've got to, like, water the the ground. And she'd be like, "Mm mm-mm. I'd be like, but we kind of are in a drought and you really need to water the ground. And she'd be like, no, when God's ready for the rain, he will send the rain. And I thought, wow, isn't that just like this scripture? The farmer waiting for the rain is like us waiting on God. James tells us how we can learn to wait on God and how to trust in him. Let's look on to uh, James 5.13. We're going to drop on down. It says, "Are are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. It's funny, James doesn't say, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should go complain to your girlfriend. I don't think it says that, right, James? Or um, are any of you suffering hardships? You should complain on Facebook. I don't think it says that. Or, Or now here's the one that, you know, we do like I did. You know, we clean it up a little bit. We say, are any of you, you know, suffering hardships? Go home and complain to your husband. Or, Or here's one. Are any of you suffering hardships? Now, this is the one I use. Go call your mom because you know she's on your side, right? I mean, no one's going to come against you, right? You're going to lean on that. No, James says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Well, like I said, the last couple weeks have been trying because of the issues with my uh, uncle, which is really like a father to me. I lost my father 15 years ago, and he's been always been in my life, my uncle. And uh, so when we got first got the call about his stroke, we all ran to Missouri to try to figure out what was going on and if he was going to make it that day. And I was in uh, the waiting room that next morning, and um, I looked over at one of my cousins, 
And I thought, oh, what is she doing? She's on her phone. You know, everybody's on their phone. You know, I don't know if you guys have been in a waiting room lately, but everybody's on their phone. You know, they're texting people updates or they're looking on social media. Well, I kind of leaned over on her phone and she was looking, she was reading her Bible. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. It's really cool that she's reading her Bible. And God just completely brought me back to several years ago when um, she was going through a really tough time in her marriage. She hadn't been married very long, and her husband had left. And she she was crying out to God with all she had to get her husband back. And I remember one night she called me on the phone and she said, uh, Laura, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, he's left. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm sitting here rocking the baby. I'm in the rocking chair. I've got my Bible. I've got my power of the praying wife. I'm, I'm reading scripture. I'm praying. And I said, okay. She said, will you please pray for me that my husband would come home? I said, you better believe I will. I can still remember being on that staircase uh, in, our, in our house on the phone. And I just remember praying with everything I had. Because, you know, it's one thing when someone tells you about a prayer request, but there's another when you know exactly who it is. And you know what life can be like with divorce and torn families. And so, I mean, I just said, God, please, please. I'm just crying out to God, asking God to help her, to help her husband come home. Well, so I'm sitting in this waiting room a couple weeks ago, and, man, God is just, I'm just, it's all I can do to hold it together because I'm looking at her, and I'm thinking, about the Christmas card they sent this year. And it was her and her husband that had come home. And it was her son that's a freshman and her daughter that's a third grader. They got baptized together. Uh, They go to church every Sunday. They love Jesus. And I was just like, wow, I'm so thankful that my cousin decided To not complain. She could have complained to everybody about what he was doing. But she didn't. She put that aside. She had self-control. She had discipline. And she looked toward the word. And she believed that God was going to do this for her. And I thought, man, God, I'm so glad that she prayed and she believed and she didn't complain. And I thought, man, that's really the key. Prayer is the key. Because a lot of times we don't have the self-control to stop, right? Once we've started complaining, we can't stop. But it's the prayer. It's the strength that we gain when we pray. We say, I don't know. I'm just going to stop and I'm going to pray. And you feel silly or you just, I don't know how to do this. But you pray and you feel that strength. And God comes on your spirit and he gives you strength to overcome and he gives you strength to say, I'm not going to complain anymore. Matter of fact, I'm going to start saying the things I'm thankful for about that person. Have you ever done that? Have you ever said, God, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to help me to believe that there's going to be something different. And that's what I want for you guys today. As I was praying and believing for this service, I said, God, I know there's people there like me that They have hardships in their lives, and they're in need of a touch 
from the Heavenly Father. So let's just pray right now. I think that's what God would have us do. If you just bow right now. Maybe you're here today and you say, uh, man, Laura, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm following Jesus. But I've got some hardships. And I'm struggling to stop complaining. I need the Lord's strength. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. If that's you, you say, I've, I've got to stop. I've, I need help. Lord, I just thank you right now at this time that you see who raised their hands. And God, that you are that strength for them. You're that help in their time of need. God, we have no self-control against it. We don't have the discipline to stop. It's your spirit. It's the spirit of the living God that can rain down on them and give them the strength that they need. Lord, I just thank you. I just believe for them and I trust that you're going to do something special. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I'm, I've never really been a follower of Jesus. What you're talking about is foreign to me that I would get help from God. But I want that help. I want to believe that there's a God. I want to trust and I want him to help me. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. We're just going to say a prayer together right now. Lord, I just thank you for that one that does not know you, that has never known you, but wants to turn their life over to you. Let's just pray this prayer together. Lord, we believe that you are the Son of God, that you have forgiven us as we ask you to forgive our sins. You will forgive us and you will make us clean again. And we trust you with our lives. We want to give you our lives. You can be made new again. The scripture says that you are a new creation. When you hand your life over to the Lord, that you are a new creation. And Lord, I just pray that you would give them the strength in their hardships. That you would lighten their load. That you would give them a new vision and a new picture for their relationships, for their boss, for their neighbors. God, we thank you, Heavenly Father that you make us new, that you bring hope and healing. In Jesus' name, amen.